Oh yeah, let's begin the show. Let's start this thing by singing some bullshit. Let's get on with the podcast thing. Yeah. Evening Hot Dado Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. If you are new to the show, thank you for joining me. And here's what... I I was about to say we, because, you know, just naturally, we say we, but here's what I do. I share my twisted little stories and who, what's nots and rants and, and rambles and take it wherever the hell my train of thought goes... And then we take a little break to spread some love for my podcast friends. We make fun of some weird news stories. We call out a jackass of the week. And I wrap it all up with a featured podcast that I think you need to check out. Because I just like sharing the things that I like. What can I say? That's just me. Woo! How are you doing? I'm... Well, I'm late. <laughs> that's 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 how I'm doing. But see, this week there's... Well, technically speaking, you can just say it's all my damn fault. But realistically, there's just a lot of crap going on. Though, so it's... This is... If you can't tell from my voice, for those of you who do listen outside of America... I'm in America. What can I say? And, and what happened? The biggest sporting event of the year... Every year for those people who give two shits about sports and I don't, but I'm, I'm, I live with a Texan, so it's that. Of course, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. And technically speaking, did you know you're not legally allowed to say Super Bowl? Yeah, no bullshit. Uh, anytime you hear somebody on the radio talk about it, unless they are actually like the only time you're allowed to say the word Super Bowl, and I'm going to keep saying it because nobody in the NFL is not listening to me. Um, yeah, apparently you can't, you, because it's like a trademarked, like copyrighted term and all this stuff. It's like, they can't run contests saying, oh, it's our Super Bowl contest or they can't do any of that shit. They have to make up other stuff. If they say it any, if like they, they use the word Super Bowl anywhere outside of direct context in relation to promoting the actual game, they can get in trouble. And that's really, and it, listen anytime, like listen on the radio or anything. That every time they do like a Super Bowl contest, they give it some really stupid name because they can't actually call it the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl contest. Anyway, that all being said, yes, this past Sunday was the Super Bowl. And again, my wife is from Texas. And if you know anything about Texas, football is a religion in Texas. So I may not give two shits about sports in a very general way, but we're going to watch the Super Bowl. For no other reason than it's football. And the funny thing is my wife doesn't really care for the Eagles. She really doesn't like the Patriots. She had no reason to care about this game. Except maybe just a general hatred of Tom Brady. But overall, she's like, yeah, she didn't give a shit. And she cared even less when she found out the Patriots were in. Because especially after all of the deflate gate and all that shit before. And 
you know, I'm not going to get into the, you know, legendary history of the Patriots organization and cheating, but eh, it's a shady football team organization anyway. But yeah, we're, and my boys love football because of my wife, because especially in the past when I would be working on weekends, they would be watching football on Sundays while I'm at work. Especially when I was like in, in the restaurant game, when I was, when I was slinging wings for a living. And when you work in the wing business and there's football on, you're busy. That's it. Wings, football. It's kind of the thing. And so, yeah, I was always working during football games. She was always showing you guys the boys football games. So my boys all love football. Again, I don't give a shit. Not a sports person. Um, I'm a general purpose nerd. Sports don't fall into the umbrella of general purpose nerddom. All that being said, because it was the Super Bowl and because my wife is such a big football fan, well, my sister's also a really big football fan. Unfortunately, my wife is a Cowboys fan. So, you know, it's, it's even though I don't like football, we're really close to disowning her over that. That's just cause, you know, fucking Cowboys. But, yeah, I mean, my wife is a Ra- is a native Texan who's a Raiders fan, so, you know, explain that shit. Anyway, my, my wife and my sister get together and they decide, hey, what if you come on over for the game? So my sister, we like basically have my sister and her little kids are going to come over and they're going to bring like big pot of chili and stuff. And we're going to kind of have our, our little mini Super Bowl party. I'm like, all right. And I'm not even like, uh, because I don't want it. It's like, I, I really like when my sister comes over, but it basically means now that my sister's over, we're formally entertaining, which means while they're watching the game, I can't check out <laughs> like everybody's watching the game. I'm not allowed to check out on this. I basically have to be present. Whereas I could have been like in like I could have been sitting here at in, in my at my desk working on all of this for you lovely people. I had to sit there watching football game. And I'm not going to say I don't like enjoy the experience of watching the game with my my wife and sister more. It's more of watching them get really excited about shit and I I don't hate football. I just don't really care. I'm not invested in sports. And I I appreciate the Super Bowl for like the commercials and stuff. And I got really excited when I saw the fucking Cloverfield commercial because I love the Cloverfield series. And when I found out, oh yeah, it's going to stream like halfway through the game, I found out, oh yeah, it's going to be on after the, after the game's over. Holy shit. I was going to stay up late and watch it, but I ended up, I watched it Monday morning because, and you're going to, and I know you're going to say, well, you could have been doing all this stuff then. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I committed to watching that movie and I'm, you know, I'm, people hate it. I liked the movie. Yes, it had flaws, but I liked Cloverfield Paradox. And anybody who says otherwise can kiss my ass because I liked it. And I like, you know, I loved the original Cloverfield movie when I saw it the first time. Whereas most people who say they like it are like, now that it, it's almost got like a cult sci-fi following. Most people, when that movie came out, hated it. No, like, and now people are like, oh, it's such a great movie. And then the second one came out and people are like, oh, it's such a great movie. And as they're saying, oh, the first was a great movie. Like, y'all hated it. Y'all fucking hated that movie. And then they stuck John Goodman in the second one and like, oh, it's so, it's, it's like an anthology thing. It's completely different. And people are suddenly liking the first movie. It's like, look, motherfucker, you hated the first movie. 
You hated that you didn't see the monster bunch. You hated all this shit. So stop bandwagoning. But I liked the fir- I liked the movies. I I enjoyed this one. I fucking loved the ending. Um, you know, yes, plot holes galore. It's a sci-fi movie. That's just what plot what sci-fi movies do. Anyway, back on to Sunday. Um, yeah, it was just. Uh, so now that my sister is coming over, rewinding. My sister's coming over for the game, so it turns into, we've got a clean house. And, oh yeah, I work Saturdays. So, and again, first Saturday of the month, I'm out of town. I work out of town first Saturday of the month. And, which, by now, if you've listened for a while, you've probably picked up on. But yeah, I, I've, like, my main workload on that Saturday is out of town. So, I'm up early. I'm out on the road early, and I get back late that night like i get back or like dinner time whatever and so i can't do anything as far as helping in the house on saturday the boys basically are it's saturday's cleaning day around the house but the boys are now under we have company coming the house has to be extra special clean and so they're doing all that which of course house full of little boys Sunday, by Sunday morning, the house is destroyed again. It's just little boys. House is trashed by Sunday morning. All with the, hey, my sister, like, auntie's going to be here at three so we can watch the game. The house has to be spotless when she gets here. And, oh, yeah, like I said, I'd been putting off a lot of chores and things that I needed to do. Like, it's been not winter here. And I think I've said it before. We've had a non-winter, which means my summer is going to be evil. It's a, You would rather go to hell. It'll be cooler this summer, I know. Because it's for the last two weeks, it's been in the 80s. Like upper 70s to 80 degrees in, in the Phoenix metro area out here. It's been warm. Some would even say it's been hot out. It's, it's cold at night. I still need a jacket when I go to work at night. But during the day, the boys are in shorts. Really, you could go swimming right now. And it's middle of fucking February. So, all that being said, my yard got really overgrown. Because I told you the last time I mowed the yard, and it was almost a month ago. And it was worse this time. Because now it was warm for all this whole stretch. And thick. And dense. And it wasn't like winter growth. It was just growth. And so <clears throat> I had to go and mow the yard before the damn HOA came along and, and ticketed me, which is usually why I end up having to mow it at that point. But yeah, I had to come along and mow the yard. And oh, my sister's coming over, so I got to make sure the house looks nice. Well, I have to get up extra fucking early on Sunday to make sure I can get the yard mowed. And because I've been putting it off, I had to edge everything and make it all look super nice, which means it takes me like two hours to mow my damn front yard, doing making it look all nice and pretty. Uh, and then we still had like other grocery stuff we had to go buy because when we did our, our grocery shop on Saturday, we didn't do it with Super Bowl entertaining in mind. That's just not how we shopped it. So, on top of all the yard work and the grocery shopping we've got to do, and, oh yeah, try and go to a grocery store on Super Bowl Sunday, and and you might as well go in in full football pads because it's a madhouse. 
Um, but yeah, all that. And I had to, and it sounds like a dumb, why is this connected? I had to clean the fish tank. And by I had to clean the fish tank, I mean, I think I mentioned somewhere along the line that basically of the like five or we had, we had five fish. Uh, we're down to two. Uh, they just started dropping like quick. And so uh, I'm, I'm down to two. And one of them is our algae eater, who's a monster of a thing who up until the last other fish had died, did a bang up job keeping that tank clean. Now that fucker doesn't do shit. He just like, oh, nope, I'm on strike. Everybody else in this tank is dying. I'm going to stay here hiding in this little tree stump thing. I'm not going to do shit. So suddenly my fish tank, which I've never had to actually scrub the glass on, was getting all mildewy and, and cruddy. And I was like, what the fuck? How is this tank cleaner when there were five fish than there is now when there's two? But whatever. Now I actually have to go in and change everything and clean the fish tank because it's starting to look like it might poison the fish. So like, like finding Nemo is where I was getting, you know, yeah, I need the aqua scum 2000 or whatever the fuck it was. But yeah, I had to go in and clean the fish tank and I was like deep, heavy scrubbing, clean, take all the shit out, scrub all the shit out of the fish tank, you know, vacuum all the rocks, do the, the whole fish tank, deep scrubby who's or what's thing. And if you've ever had to deep clean a fish tank, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had to do all that crap. And this is like, it took me a couple hours to actually clean this fucking fish tank, which when we're dealing on a sister coming over at three grocery shopping, yard work, kids need naps, all these things. Ultimately, and we had food to cook. We're in a very limited time (laughs) plus dishes and just general house cleaning and all of this. So obviously Coming off of work Saturday, crazy yard work, fish tank, shopping, housework. I am dead tired. I have like no sleep. I'm just like, bah, fuck, I'm dying. And the whole time I've been kind of, I've been kind of sick, you know, and I think all over the country, everybody I'm seeing like podcaster friends on the East Coast and the Midwest and California and everywhere. Everybody's getting everyone's getting this crud this this like nasty flu uh and it's like you get this really ugly flu for like a couple of days it's really heavy and then you get this cough that won't go away for weeks and weeks and weeks and for in my case a cough that doesn't go away for weeks and weeks and weeks i just dealt with that shit it sucks i don't want that again well i've had that it wasn't nearly as bad as the last time um, but no, I'm, 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 I'm barely now getting through it. I went from a point of it's a dry cough to, and now it's at least productive and I'm feeling like somewhat, I'd rather be congested and coughing up crud than the dry chest cough, I guess. But yeah, that's just me. I'm, I'm generally congested. So all the time. So yeah, that's, I'd, I'd rather be that at least, but yeah, I I was it was it was a rough day for me from that perspective, and we were even thinking about hey uh, maybe we should tell her not to come over because I was so rough. I was like all the coughing and all this, and I think we doped me up on 
on, I think I was on like Robitussin cough syrup and a leave because of the body pains from all the yard work and just being generally achy and um, Benadryl because we thought maybe it was just allergies, especially being out in the yard and all that stuff. Like, oh, maybe allergies acting up, which I don't really have allergies so much like that, at least that I'm aware of, but eh, whatever. So I'm all doped up on meds and I tell my wife, like, okay, with all of this, if I get, if I fall asleep during the game, it's not my fault. You can't blame me if I fall asleep during the game. And I'm going completely on the meds and she's thinking that, uh, it's like, oh, because anytime I stop and sit down, I fall asleep. It's like, cause I don't fucking sleep. But yeah, I was just <laughs> like, no, I'm heavily medicated. So I was entirely a possibility that I could just fall asleep right now. But no, party goes on. My sister comes over. She brings a great big thing of chili. We've got, you know, the barbecue smokies and making hot dogs and stuff for all the kids and lots of chips and dips and all that shit. Cause it's a Super Bowl party and you do all that stuff. So we're doing all that. And of course, because I don't give two shits about football in a general way, I'm basically the, I'm Jeeves. <laughs> Everybody's sitting down. I'm like serving all the kids. I'm getting like, my sister and my wife are sitting there and I'm basically serving them, like bringing chips and like, oh, what do you want? And I'm getting all the shit. And I'm basically like, whereas I could have gone and sat down at the computer. I probably could have done this entire show Sunday during the Super Bowl, minus the fact that, you know, my space here isn't soundproof and my sister and my wife cheering or yelling or laughing, God, because they're mean. Anytime something bad happened to the Patriots, they'd straight up laugh because <laughs> they're kind of bitches that way. But yeah, somebody trips like, oh, he fumbled. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, they're kind of bitches that way when it came to the Patriots. <laughs> but I straight up told him, like, you know, it's one thing to cheer against the Patriots. Another, it's another thing entirely to laugh at them and, and enjoy their misfortune. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was just a, so much and and it's like fuck okay i'm here let's watch some commercials let's watch justin timberlake in a really kind of blah halftime show and i'm gonna straight up say and it's like and i've watched the super bowl i've watched a ton of super bowls i'm gonna say it this is probably the year where you could say the game was better than the entertainment for the game because so many times like super bowls and for so many years have always been so blowout like, oh, it's completely one-sided, and it's like 50-something to 7. Like, just complete blowout. Like, yeah, we gave him a pity touchdown. What of it? You know, shit like that, where people check out halfway through the game kind of stuff. It's happened so many years. And again, being in the restaurant, being in the the football food service industry, basically, selling wings. Like, I've I've experienced so many Super Bowls that people were just like, halftime people check out. Because they're like, yeah, the game's crap. It's just completely one-sided. We're not watching it. This was a good game. There was actually, you know, back and forth and good, you know, play on both sides of it to where the game was entertaining. And the, the halftime show was kind of blah. It was kind of a not great thing for the, for a halftime show. Uh, I think Justin Timberlake could have done a better job. Um, my my wife and my sister got all pissed off because the uh, pink singing a national anthem 
And they're like, did she just spit her gum out on the, on the field? And they're freaking the fuck out. So she just spat her gum out on the field. And then, like next day you find out, oh yeah, it was a cough drop. Why? Cause she had the flu. Why? Cause everybody has the flu. Because as Pink posted on like her Instagram or Twitter or something, it was like, because she has two little Petri dishes that bring everything home and get everybody sick. <laughs> but yeah, and I've got four of them. So yay. But yeah, it's like she had a cough drop. She spit her cough drop out right before she started singing because she was sick. But yeah, they're, they're, they're so funny listening to and watching my sister and my wife during the Super Bowl. Uh, funny shit. Meanwhile, I'm like, when I finally got a chance to sit down, I'm like, oh, I'm going to curl up over here and yeah, pay no attention to the dead guy in the corner of the couch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was. It was an enjoyable time. It was mostly just like having my sister and her kids over and boys running around and all that. And God, fucking football is long. <laughs> it's like a fucking five hour long game or so, whatever the fuck it is. Like, God, the fuck. And Super Bowl's worse. But, you know, geez, football. That's, I think that's why I can't get into sports. Football takes forever. Like, way, way too long to play a football game. Uh, all that aside, and it was still just a crazy, like, it was a crazy week because after all that, and like, okay, Monday, and I already said, I spent Monday morning watching Cloverfield Paradox, and then, you know, just normal dad stuff, and that's basically when I got, like, what little bit of preparedness for the show this week, that was the only time I had, and it's still, you know, still got all my normal, like, hey, I got dishes to do and laundry to do. And Monday is normally my, my laundry day. And it's like, okay, get all the laundry and all this crap done. And blah, blah. it's like, I don't have work. I can do all this stuff and get all this done. But it's just, yeah, so not much time to get show stuff done. I was like, housework has to come before podcasting work, unfortunately. And Tuesday, I'm like, what the hell kept me? And like, Tuesday, Bug had a, a doctor's appointment, which just screwed. I... Doctor's appointments are are my arch enemy when it comes to our normal routine because we are so set in our routines and the boys go down at this time and we have a snack at this time and we do this and this and this and this and this order that if anything messes with that, that it's just going to screw me completely into the ground. It just messes our whole routine up and a doctor's appointment, which is always a hazy time frame. You're like, yeah, we got a doctor's appointment at 930. You don't know if you're going to be out at 10 or 11 or maybe 1230. You don't know. You really don't. How long am I going to be waiting? How long? It's like, after, like oh, we're going to do height and weight and you're going to sit there for 20 minutes. I'm like, just waiting. And in my case, I'm waiting with two rowdy toddlers. And I'm just like, ah. It's like I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old here who do not want to be confined into a little room. Uh, in this case, it was actually his optometrist. And we were getting his eyes checked. And they were actually, uh, I, I will say, going there, it's its very nice because they're in and out very quick. Optometrists, bleh, optometrists, in my experience, don't screw around. They don't leave you hanging like dentists and, and like your ear, nose, and throat, like your general uh, family doctor where you spent, sit there for 30 minutes in a little waiting room. 
So like you go into the optometrist, they're like, all right, do a little eye checky thing, you know, tell me the letters, do this. And then, all right. And they're, they're really quick. And to turn around in an optometrist is quick. I, I enjoy that. You don't spend a lot of time bullshitting. That being said, his optometrist is far. <laughs> it's about a 30 minute, 30, 40 minute drive out to that doctor because it's a specialist. Um, and cause he's a, he's a little kid, he's four and it's like corrective stuff. So they've got to do special. He's got to go to a specialist. And so, yeah, it's a quite a long drive to his optometrist. I swear, I'm going to say it cleanly one of these times, <laughs> but it's, it's a long drive. And so that's like, ugh. Early in the morning, dragging you know, all the boys, all dressed and loaded up and all this stuff, and driving a half, you know, technically speaking, driving two towns away to go to his doctor. And it's like maybe a 30 minute appointment. But this appointment basically took like three quarters of nap time out going and coming back. And, it's like, and of course, you know, the, uh, the two year old, he gets, he, he falls asleep on the way back. So I'm like, Shit, stay asleep, stay asleep, you know, go back to sleep, try and put him back down. No, he's not having that shit. He has zero interest in going to sleep. <laughs> he's like, no, I slept the whole ride back. Power nap. And I'm just like, no, I need to sleep. I was like, I haven't gotten any work done for the show this week, but I'm going to. He's like, nope. <laughs> he's like, nope, I'm going to be up and I'm going to throw a fit. I'm going to throw Elmo at you and I'm going to throw my cup at you. And any, every five minutes, I'm going to walk out of the bedroom. Theoretically, right now, he could be laying outside my door trying to get my attention. I'm hoping not. <laughs> He's just not liked going and going down for nap time lately or bed for that matter. It's, it's become a fight with him. He's just in that stage. I hate that stage. Don't you parents that point where you got your, your like toddler in a, in a toddler bed and they're in a big kid bed now and they just decide out of nowhere they don't want to take their nap like hey last week you were taking your nap fine yesterday i put you down you're like okay dad i'll, I'll see you after nap time because talks just like that and he'll like yeah dad i'm gonna have a great nap i'll see you later no, and like yesterday, you're fine like that, and today, you want to be little shit, and you want to get up every five seconds, and it's like, hey, dad, I need another, I need a cup of milk. Hey, dad, the music stopped. Hey, dad, Elmo. Hey, dad, whatever. Hey, dad, look, it's Emmett. Like, yes, I know it's Emmett. He's not supposed to be in your room. Why is Emmett in your room? And for those of you playing the home game that don't know, Emmett's the dog. Whatever. You know, and he gets up a million times and I'm just like, no, you sleep so I can sleep. If you don't sleep, I can't sleep. I have to sleep. I have work. Yeah. And I, and I start getting grouchy. But incidentally, right now I should be sleeping. <laughs> I really should be. And, you know, this is not normal day. This is not normal recording day. Normal recording day, tried to get shit done. Boys being rowdy, had no prep, was not ready for the show at all. No way to get anything done. No sleep, trying to get things caught up. Go to work, dying. Today, recorded the show. No sleep, 
dying. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting night of work again. Hopefully I don't die. But it's God. Oof. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> uh, I'm always ready for a nap. Really. And on top of all this, I can't even enjoy my coffee the way I normally do. Because there's a, we have a, a nagging suspicion that I might be uh, lactose intolerant. Which apparently is actually something that kind of grows on you as you get older. I didn't know this. But apparently... Because, you know, when you're born, you have to be able to drink milk because that's how babies are fed. But as you get older, especially if you have certain ethnic backgrounds, that uh, you develop a lactose intolerance. is basically like your tolerance for lactose just kind of diminishes as you get older. And so apparently when you get into your 30s, like I am. Fuck, I just said out loud, I'm in my 30s. Saying I'm 33 doesn't seem to have the same impact as saying I'm in my 30s. Uh, anyway, but once you get into your 30s like I am, then suddenly your body starts not liking that milk in your coffee or that grilled cheese sandwich uh, or that extra cheese uh, deep dish pizza as much as, as it used to. And you start having digestive troubles and things like that. And... I'd been diagnosed previously. One of my doctors told me, it was years ago, said that I had a milk allergy. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, there is no, I was like, if I were, if I actually had a milk allergy, I'd be dead. I consume copious amounts of dairy every day because I drink two pots of coffee a day with milk. I can, I can personally, pro I probably go through a gallon to a gallon and a half of milk myself every week. Not to mention, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches and, and nacho nights and, and, and cheese on pasta and all that stuff too. So I, 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 I consume so much dairy in a week. If I were actually allergic, I'd be dead. And I looked it up because it was like, you know, what are the side effects or symptoms of uh, dairy allergy? And it basically came down to it's the same as any other food allergy. It's, it's hives. It's, it's, uh, Anaphylaxis is when you know throat closes up, all that shit. Um, you know, rashes, trouble breathing, all the standard allergy symptoms you get with them if you have a milk allergy. I was like, all right, I have none of those symptoms. I have digestive discomfort. This and and I'm just gonna leave that there. You can you can infer from that what you what you may. But yeah, I'm I'm it's like I don't have any of these symptoms. I was like, I think you're you just missed it somewhere. But yeah, as I've gotten older, my it, it's really looking like I'm lactose intolerant. So we're testing out. Well, I'm on a lactose-free diet, which we've only just started in the last few days. And I've, I'm on, Rihanna's got me drinking that. Uh, have you seen this Fair Life? It's basically that milk where they've like hyper, like what do they say? Ultra pasteurized or ultra filtered. So it, it was intended to be like, Low sugar. They're basically cutting the sugars out of the milk because ultimately they figured out sugar is what makes you fat, not calories. Cut back your sugar, cut back and, and like you can consume fat all day long and your body will burn it and you're fine. Great. Sugar is bad for you, which sucks for me, but sugar is what makes you gain weight. So they're like, yeah, it, we felt like they have their special magic that they do to it that removes half the sugar and 
all and i guess in the process it's it's now lactose free and like half the sugar of regular milk but it's still regular milk it's not like soy milk or almond milk or anything like that that's loaded full of chemicals and isn't really milk this is really milk because i hate soy milk and i hate non-dairy stuff it just tastes nasty but I've been using this and you're like, but this shit's expensive. And again, I go through like a gallon and a half of milk a week. And I'm, like, I'm used to paying two bucks a gallon for milk, not five bucks for a half gallon. I don't, but I'm on this shit right now. And so I'm, I'm, ex- we're experimenting with this and it's, I, it's not terrible. I'm not like, I'm, I'm not going to sit there dipping Oreos in fair life. It's, not good for that. It's not a good just sitting there drinking a glass of milk, which I could normally just drink a glass of milk and be, oh, this is delicious. And I'll do, I would do that at night. I'd come home from work and like just chug a big glass of milk and go to bed. Apparently I can't do that anymore, especially with the fucking cost of fair life. God, no. Um, I was like, that's a $2 glass of milk you got sitting right there. Uh, it's now, but yeah, I've just been, uh, I miss my milk. <laughs> it's only been a few days. I miss my milk more because be- for the sheer fact that I had, uh, because I drink so much coffee with just milk, I'm just a regular sugar and milk kind of person. I don't like, like all the non-dairy creamers and that shit tastes funny. I already said, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of all those things. So like for me, the amount of milk that I go through and my brain is trying to reconcile. I drink a lot of milk. And I, and again, like when I got, like my wife got me a fucking thing of triple ginger snaps, which I just recently finished, um, for my birthday, which yes, it took me like a month and a half to finish a tub of cookies. Cause they're, that's a lot of cookies and you, it takes a lot of milk, but I'm not gonna, like, but I can sit there and just cup of milk and scarfing cookies. Or what, and I, I cannot justify doing that with $5 or $10 a gallon milk. I just can't. I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to cut back on all of, I was like, I have to cut back on my coffee and cut back on all these things just so I don't use the milk. <laughs> ah, when milk is just right there, it's right there. I could have it. It's right there. I could drink it. I mean, and it's probably going to hurt my stomach. So. I think I, I'm, I'm getting an understanding of how my wife is with gluten stuff right now. <laughs> I was like, there's bread. I could have the bread. It's delicious bread. Fresh, hot bread. But I'll, it'll hurt tomorrow. It's like, we get pizza and she eat, loves pizza and she will scarf the pizza. And tomorrow she will regret the pizza. And of course, you can't have pizza without breadsticks. Or pastas. Oh, like, wait, so much pasta. So many, like, it's, nah, I'm trying to cut gluten out of, like, I've, I've been on the hunt, like, getting gluten-free pot pies and gluten-free chicken nuggets and all these things for her. Just non-gluten-y things. And it's like, it's, it, cutting gluten is a bitch. Cutting, it's like, cutting dairy is easier. Cutting lactose out of stuff is easier. But I'm getting that little small taste of the thing I, I consume the most. My body doesn't like it, and now I have to cut it out, and it sucks. It's not been fun. And again, it's only been a couple of days, but it's just, nah, I, I, I want my milk. 
<laughs> I want my milk. I want my cheese. And apparently like hard cheese, like cheddar cheese isn't really that bad because it like the lactose basically like ferments off or whatever the fuck it does. It's not that bad. But, you know, I still got to cut back on all that stuff. No sitting there eating a block of cheese or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, now I'm making myself sad over cheese. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've rambled on enough. So I'm going to take a quick Potter and Family promo break. And I will be right back. I don't know. Jump where? You know, all up in that pod stuff. Wait, what's a pod stuff? The pod stuff is a weekly podcast hosted by Perry and Lindsay Johnson. Oh, those ones that host Hello Life WTF? That's the ones. Pod stuff is defined as anything to do with podcasting. So like podcasts? Yes. Uh, interviewing podcasters? Yes. What about reviewing host services? I would assume. Um... Industry professionals? Mm-hmm. Equipment? Yep, for sure. Uh, what about more than that? Oh, hell yeah, there's a lot more than that. So you're telling me listeners can tune in and hear not only interviews with their favorite podcasts, but they can also hear from podcast experts? Well, where do I pay for all this? What I'm telling you is all of this is for the low, low price of nothing. Just subscribe and download our weekly show on Podbean or at iTunes, and you will be there. Mm, but wait, what if I am a listener who wants to make a recommendation? Or maybe I'm a podcaster, or I'm a podcast expert, podcast service, or equipment provider. How do I get involved? Well, it's as easy as following at the pod stuff on Twitter and sending a direct message. Or if Twitter's not your game, you can join the group on Facebook at facebook.com backslash groups slash the pod stuff. Or you can email the pod stuff at gmail.com. The pod stuff exists to passionately promote you and things that you love. Man, that sounds awesome. So let me ask you again. Hmm. Are you ready to jump? I'm totally in. You think everyone else will be? I don't know. Why don't we ask them? Hey, listeners. Are, are you, you ready, ready to, to jump? jump? All, All up, up in, in that, that pod stuff. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 43. When attending the cinema with your good friends or significant other, don't assume anyone else has any interest in what you have to say. So, always remember... Whisper, fuckface. It's not rocket science. For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. This is Chris the Mole Man. You are listening to my next door neighbor, Odd Dad Out. Now get the f- off my lawn. Okay, so normally I would be, you know, cutting to the news and making fun of all that stuff, but I realized I rambled on and went on for a long time. <laughs> and that whole first bulk of the show just ran a lot longer than normal. And so 
I'm thinking this week I'm going to forego the full news segment. And I, I can get to these stories later. Fortunately, most of these aren't time sensitive. Um, so, and I'm going to, but I, I have to do the one that I, I can't skip it this week because this guy absolutely deserve it. I've got to do the jackass of the week. High school senior arrested over animal abuse video. And now you see why I need to call this bastard out. Uh, idiotic high school senior is now facing felony animal cruelty charges after a video was posted showing him throwing a crying kitten into a body of water. And I guess this came out of California and uh, this fucking guy. And you look at the guy and you, they've got his mugshot posted and everything. Even look at the, like, you see the video and I've, I'll have the video in the show notes, which may very well be a little bit late just because, but if you really want to see this asshole fucking chuck a kitten into a river or whatever the hell it is, um, fine. But yeah, that's basically what it is. You just see this guy, this fucking punk ass kid and he looks like a bro. He looks like a fucking bro, just like jock dick mother want to punch him in the fucking throat more on account of what he did and less about what he looks like but he looks like the kind of asshole that would do something stupid like this and him and his stupid fucking friend whoever the fuck's holding the camera and it's like they're trying to do jackass or something and like but he just like comes strolling up wearing fucking yard gloves because of course a cat's gonna fucking scratch you while holding this fucking little kitten who's screaming its head off because it's like not even just that he's like holding it by the scruff of its neck. He's sitting here like obviously hurting this cat the way it's screaming. And then you just see him like up and fucking chucks it and throws it as far as he can out into this river or lake or whatever the fuck it is. And just like this motherfucker. Let's pull up the article. Apparently this guy just turned 18. So guess what? Adult animal cruelty charges. You dumb piece of shit. Um, yeah. Oh, well, it says an incident apparently occurred about a year ago. Video recently surfaced or resurfaced on the internet. Um, yeah. And you just fuck people. Uh, yeah, they're saying the camera operator, uh, will also likely face animal cruelty charges and they're working to identify him. Uh, I'm at least going to say he probably, he didn't give up his friend, but yeah, that's fucked up. So saying because it happened over a year ago, he'll probably, they'll probably charge him as a minor because he did it as a minor. Either way, piece of shit, piece of shit. What the fuck, man? I, I don't get why people do shit like that. I, in a very general way, you know, it's one thing to replicate jackass and try and do stupid stunts because the fuck half of YouTube is that now. And you all know how I feel about YouTubers, but yeah, to, I, at what point is it, do you think it's okay to fucking throw a cat in a river and not even like, it's not even an adult cat. It's a kitten. So you really, I mean, regardless of whether the, the kitten made it back to shore safely to do, it's like you potentially just killed an animal for fun for a, for a stupid video. So fuck you guys. Uh, you know, I, 
because of the nature of the segment, I have no better way to describe these assholes other than just to call them both jackasses. So, since I've kind of skipped over the the majority of the news segment this week, I'm going to roll straight through into the recommended listening with this week's featured podcast. I'm talking about the Karen and Ellen letters. And the I'm doing things a little differently this time because this is the first time I've I'm covering a show that has ended. I mean, technically it's ended. It's going to continue on in kind of a different format, but basically for all intents and purposes the Karen and Ellen letters, as it exists, is done within the, the two seasons that they've done. And this week, they actually did the kind of, they do a regular show, they do an after show. This was the, last week was the final regular episode, this week the final after show. And so, that is it as far as that goes. Even with that, it's still, uh, I think you need to check it out. I didn't catch on to this show until after the first, between the first and second season. And I got hooked, and so I still think it's well worth checking out. Um, but since the show is done, and there there were so many people that were so big of fans of so many people involved in the show, I decided to reach out to somebody. So I'm not going to be the one exclusively telling you about it. I'm also going to have a little bit coming from Chris from the More Gooder Than podcast, to share what he feels about the Karen and Ellen letters. So let's get on with that and let you have a little taste of this thing called the Karen and Ellen letters. It was the summer of 1987. The Simpsons made their first TV appearance, the stock market crashed, and, perhaps coincidentally, Prozac made its American debut. And meanwhile, in Oakland, California, two teenage girls were moving into their very first apartment. July 1st, 1987. Dear Mark, when I signed the lease last week, I pointed out the burned out light bulb in the refrigerator. You said if I replaced it myself, I could deduct the cost from my next month's rent along with any other small expenses that were your responsibility. So, I'm sending you this list of things I plan will deduct from my August rent. List number one. One. Refrigerator light bulb, $2. Two. Oven light bulb, $2. Three. Shed padlock, $8. Four. Telephone installation, $37. Five. Telephone, $36. Six. Telephone extension cord, $9. 7. Hangers for closets in bedrooms? $12. 8. Extra front door keys? You okayed? $6. 9. Fish food? $10. 10. Algicide? $5. 11. Garden tools? $16. 12. Ice tray for freezer? $2. 13. Cleaning stuff? $46. Karen. In 2005, I received a strange yet life-changing birthday present. A file folder full of photocopied, handwritten letters between two tenants and their landlord. I looked at the woman who handed me the present, a bit bewildered. She merely smiled and said, Trust me, 
You'll love it. Little did I know then that this folder would lead to hours upon hours of hysterical laughter, and then a successful blog, followed by a live performance, and an odd seven-year journey to validate the authenticity of those letters. And now, 12 years later, a podcast. This is The Karen and Ellen Letters, a podcast that will make you appreciate the stupid people in your life. So that is just a bit of, from the basically the opening of the very first episode of, of Karen and Ellen. And when you listen to the whole thing, if you actually go back and binge the entire thing, you will see that sort of tone change in the show as it grows. But, but I don't want to be the only one telling you about this. So I'm going to throw this over to Chris from More Gooder Than for how he feels about the show. It's Chris from the More Gooder Than podcast, and you want me to talk about the Karen and Ellen letters. Well, the podcast is is pretty simple. They are a live reading of these letters from Karen and Ellen, among other people, uh, but mostly they're from Karen and Ellen, to their landlord, Mark, and his responses. Uh, Josh Hallmark, the creator of the podcast, has assembled a fantastic band of voice actors that have just brought all of these letters to life. Every single one of the episodes is just laugh out loud funny. And then in the second season, they actually delve into the lore uh, or the the there's actually ends up being a mystery surrounding the letters themselves. So you have season one, which is just it, just hilarious, and then season two, which takes you on a a journey. So it, the the podcast grows uh, and and changes and evolves. It's fantastic, but uh, it cannot be missed. It, it it's very rare that something unique comes out in the podcasting world. Uh, so often it's it's a rehash of another idea, no matter how talented the people are. But but Karen and Ellen letters are truly unique uh, in the podcasting world. So uh, you would be doing a disservice if anyone didn't listen to these. So, yeah, he wrapped it up right there. I mean, I, I couldn't have described the show any better. It's, you know, the, the acting, the, the cast of the show are amazing. And the way uh, there's, you know, the show where they'll read the letters and the first season focused exclusively on the letters. The second season was basically, as he kind of mentioned in, in the beginning, how the, the quest to validate the letters because he, Josh had these letters for years and he did a, a, you know, live stage show reading the letters and there was a blog about the letters and all these people's and their suspicions and all these. Well, he eventually started trying to validate and say, Hey, are these real or not? And started digging and digging and digging. And then of course, as the, after the first season of the podcast and it was starting to take off the, uh, Sarah Stapleton who, uh, voices Karen in the show, they, between them, they started digging, and digging, just kind of like, I wonder if, you know, just kind of wondering, are these people real? Trying to find them, trying to locate all of these people. And that basically was amounted to season two. It's like they found a piece of information and season two basically amounts to their investigation into Karen and Ellen and the letters and trying to track them down and chasing leads and 
very it's a very different whereas the first season is basically reading the letters commenting on the letters and again and so there's the main show and you'll have like part one episode one and you've got the letters and then you get like one b basically that is an after show where Josh and some guests would come on and co- and do kind of commentary chatting about it. And they eventually introduced a drinking game. It was like, oh, we're going to pick a word. And every time they say this word in, in one of the letters, they're, we're going to take a drink. Um, they would get very silly, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's, it's a, just a fun show. And, but the, the, the switch from season one to season, season two, it, it's quite, uh, distinct. And Josh even said multiple times in some of the commentaries in season two, they lost a lot of listeners in season two because of that switch. And I've heard a lot of people that have said, and even they've commented that it was, they found it better to binge the entire, in the entirety of season two, because the way season two is formatted and the way they're kind of slowly feeding you information as they're investigating the letters Waiting a week to find out, well, in this case, kind of because you've got main show after show, waiting two weeks to find out more little bits of information gets quite nerve wracking. So they find it, it's a lot easier to binge. And at this point you can, you can binge the entire thing. And the way it's, it's been thrown together, it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm going to say, I, I, I was introduced to this show, like so many things, um, by Emily from the story behind she introduced me to the show and she's like, Hey, if you, you know, you should check this out. This is, it's hilarious. You've, you just, there's no words for it. You just have to listen to it. And I listened to one episode, got hooked, binged the entire first season. And here we are. And I intended to feature this show for a while now, but trying to find the way to kind of work it in and, and things like that. I was like, never really fit. And I was like, comes up to, it's a finale. They've basically, they've disclosed everything. They're going to change up the show. It's like, so shit. Okay. Well, I got to do it now. If I do it any other time, it's not going to make sense. So it's kind of a, an honor to this great show coming to an end or coming to a close of this storyline. At least this story of Karen and Ellen coming to a close. Uh, I felt it was most fitting to, to cover it this week. Listening to the show as it's kind of grown and as the characters grew and as the actors kind of grew into the characters so much, because I mean, naturally as you're, you know, they're playing a part in the beginning of season one and as they grow and as by the end of season one, they're kind of more, they're very much in tune with the character and you get into season two and they're, they're voicing like, I, you know, not to throw too many spoilers, but as they're trying to investigate different people, it's like, is this Karen? Have we found Karen? Have we found Ellen? Have we found, uh, Karen's boyfriend, Rob? Have we found who are they? And so the actors are now not just playing the Karen and Ellen and Rob and Mark and everybody from the first season that they just knew through the letters and that, that interpretation of the characters, they start playing, they're having to play, uh, potential Karens and Ellen's and like, is this Karen? Well, we're going to, and they would read like letters or Facebook posts or blog posts or things from 
this Karen or maybe it's that Karen or is this Ellen? Does this Ellen the right Ellen or is it that Ellen? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And so they're having to play different versions of the same character in kind of, and it's, and so, and that really goes to just the talent of the actors and involved in it. They did, they did such a great job and it's, and it was funny. And it's funny when you hear the difference between the actors, normal voices and they're, and they're playing the characters and really funny, but it, and I, I will say I was along with those people at the beginning of season two where I was like, I don't know about this. It's really different, but I did get invested in kind of the, the, I want to know, I want to know how it's going to, I have to, it's, it's like the Truman show. How's it going to end? That's what I wanted to know. And so, yeah, I just, I had to know how's it going to end. So it's kind of funny, but I think the ending, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they basically, they come clean with everything they know and they, they figure out, uh, everything and they've tracked down people and they know who people are and how everything and how the letters came to be essentially. And they kind of Josh and Sarah come clean with basically everything they've, they've found and their kind of final conclusion. But the way they wrap it all up, they, the, the ending of the series was perfect. It really, there's no better way I think of doing it. Um, it's just, yeah, it was the perfect close to that whole story. And it's, it's grown from just, you know, reading these letters, these silly letters about these two dumb girls and their landlord to making them people and to, to really, I mean, it went from just a silly thing to almost like an investigative journalism thing for season two, which again, may have turned people off. But again, I, I still say if you, if you did listen to season one and you, switched off for season two it's probably it's worth it to go back and binge the show and i will say sometimes the the after shows are worth listening to sometimes they're not sometimes i'm like and eh, I'm, I'm not so thrilled with the after shows and that's just me and i know it's like because sometimes they get way off I'm like and, and for me it's like my personal taste if you're going to talk about the thing talk about the thing and to a certain degree, some side tangents, and I'm, I'm realize I'm, I'm the pot calling kettle black talking about tangents, but sometimes they get on, especially in season one, they'd get on these tangents that would just take you down a rabbit hole of what were we talking about again? <laughs> Almost like shut up a second level of tangent to where, you know, you just get completely derailed from even anything remotely related to the show. But then those kind of annoyed me. But at the same time, you can thoroughly enjoy the show by not, not listening to the after shows. That's perfectly fine. Some people don't like that sort of style of show anyway. But you can listen to the after shows. You can listen to the, just the letters or any combination thereof. And, but either way, it's, I think the after shows in season two are much better because it's so much more. It's this, it's the investigation and it's disgusting, discussing the investigation. So. It's, it's, it's really, I think in that respect, season one, more, the letters are more important. Season two, I think the after shows are more important in season two because you're going to get all the information from the, the rain episodes anyway. So the after shows are more important in season two because it's other people discussing what has played out and discussing the investigation essentially. So that's a much, I think that's, that's 
the the big switch in season two. But again, it's it's not over, but that story has come to a close. The 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 story, the saga of Karen and Ellen as it stands has come to a close. So I suggest you go out, go to KarenandEllen.com, or even better, search them out on Facebook because that's where all the activity is with the uh, the Karen and Ellen Roomies group, with with all of the fans that are in there, and it's it's such a it's a a very active group. Let's just say that. But yeah, check them out. Uh, check out the Karen and Ellen letters. I really felt like I was gonna. I wanted to devote a little more time to this show. Because it, because it's, it came to an end, basically, because this story is over and I wanted to kind of put a little more to it. I wanted, I reached out to a lot more people. I was hoping to get a lot more people to kind of share their thoughts, but I was unable to, uh, hear back from them in time, which sucks because I really wanted, there's so many people I really wanted to hear from. It was that, that it was like, you guys were on the show. You know, kind of like reaching out to a celebrity. It was the closest I've ever gotten to reaching out to a celebrity to do something for the show. And again, thank you very much to Chris, uh, Chris Brayton from More Gooder Than for actually contributing to the show and getting back to me because it's really awesome. Um, again, he has been uh, like on one of the after shows and discussing the show before. He's been on a few times. I think he's actually done uh, some voices for the show too. And so I, I'm really glad he uh, got back to me with that clip. But yeah, I, I just kind of felt like with the show ending, I wanted to put a little more into it rather than me rambling on, which of course I did, but I wanted to give it a little bit more like, you know, and you probably noticed that was probably the longest, if one of, if not the longest clip I've ever played of a show. And because it's like, you got to get the full feeling of it. And that was probably the best way to get the feeling of what is it? And I mean, granted, you listen to the whole thing and it'd be great. I wanted to play some of the, uh, they did kind of an intro teaser thing for the show in the very beginning, but it was seven minutes long. Like, I'm not going to play an entire thing, but I wanted to give you a a good taste of what the show is and Josh's description of what the show is and Chris's description of the show and how he feels about it because it's, it's, it's a very, it was very different. And as like Chris said, it's a very unique thing. It's very different from everything else that's out there. You know, I'm, this show is in itself, it's an amalgamation of different types of things, you know, because I've got the, the review thing. I've got the weird news thing. I've got the rambling idiot thing. Cause that's me. And I, this show is an amalgamation of, of, of a lot of things that exist out there. Karen and Ellen was, is wholly unique in the uncertainty of its, of its authenticity. The, you were never quite sure. Is this real or fake? Are these people real? Or is this all made up? Who made it up? Is Josh making all this up? Is this all just bullshit? Or did somebody else make this up? Are the letters real at all? Did these people ever exist? And I mean, those questions are asked from the very beginning, but you know, and then again, in season two, they get much deeper into answering questions, but that whole thing and the nature of it's these letters to their, these girls to their landlord and the landlord snark back to them and all the, the back and forth and all these, the stories and the news clippings and all these sort of things. And so 
it, it, it is a unique show. And I'm, I'm curious to see because he said he's kind of creating a, a new fictionalized story in, you could, you could say in the Karen and Ellen universe. And they actually have kind of a spinoff that they do between seasons called the Beth Chronicles, where they've got the wholly create, like fictionalized character of Beth and her interactions with Karen and Ellen and all this stuff. And so it's, it's an, it was, that was fun. I loved the Beth Chronicles. That's another great reason to subscribe, which I hadn't mentioned up until now, but yeah, it was a great, I loved the Beth Chronicles. It was just so fun. I wish they could just, I think they should do that. Spin the Beth Chronicles off full time, do a full, like full long ass season of Beth Chronicles. Go for it, Josh. He's not listening. Anyway, <laughs> maybe he is because I mean, I, I've been telling, I've been saying for a couple of weeks that I was going to do this and so I'm, I think he's aware, but I think I've rambled on enough. Again, check out uh, Karen and Ellen letters at KarenandEllen.com or again, search them, find them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search for Karen and Ellen letters. Check out the roomies group. If you really get into the show, this whole show, this show is a lot of fun, but you can catch all of my stuff and all of my past episodes at odddadout.blogspot.com you can find my full recommended listening list the ever expanding column that it is and don't forget to click the little subscribe button right there at the top whether using Apple Podcast, Google Play or whatever app you choose make sure you subscribe so that you can get the show every week without fail whether I'm on time or not <laughs> and, and if you want to reach out to me you can always find me on Facebook or Twitter and now Instagram which I'm still figuring out at Odd Dad Out drop me a line let me know what you think and until next time I am still Adam Higgins the Odd Dad Out thank you and good night good night